Uh, one of the things I noticed, though, when we talk to couples in crisis hmm. is while they still may have feelings of love towards each other, they at some point in time, one or both of them lost respect for each other. Yes. They're, so tragic, right? It's crazy. I was actually just- You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. Welcome back to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. We're so glad to have you guys here. Wanted to let you know that coming up on our second anniversary, we're going to be doing a audience questions episode. So we would love to hear from you what your questions are. If you'd like to ask us a question, you can reach out to us at operationthrivingmarriage.com or you can email me, brian.d.harvey at gmail.com. And just remember, Brian is spelled B-R-Y-O-N. Look forward to hearing your questions and being able to answer them. How are you doing, sweetheart? Doing pretty well and can't believe that we're rolling into the second anniversary of the podcast. Can't beat it. Oh, this is really exciting and we really appreciate all of you that have been listening to it. This has been fun for us. We get to spend some time together and with Todd hanging out um, producing for us and spend some time away from everyone else. I'm talking about one of our favorite subjects, which is marriage. That's right. And we we're talking a little bit today about respect and we're we're asking each other i think who is someone who you respect so i guess one of the people i respect i've really grown to respect someone that i work for here in michigan air national guard um our um, assistant to the adjutant general or our assistant um, adjutant general here for air general brian teff i he was the one who hired me as a first sergeant back in 2015, and I got to work for him directly, and then he moved on and got promoted to bigger and better things, and now I'm on his staff at Joint Force Headquarters, and being able to watch him, and first of all, I'm impressed with the way his brain works, and he can organize things and structure things and think strategically in a really cool way, but the thing I really admire most about General Teff is how much he cares about people he knows, and this is something you hear this a lot about people who are just really good leaders. He remembers people, remembers their families, remembers things about their families and asks questions. But it's not just, oh, it's a trick to get you to think he likes you. you know, General Teff really cares about all of the airmen here in the Michigan Air National Guard. And is, when I sit in meetings with him and hear his plans and his strategies, he's thinking about every person from the most experienced officer or senior enlisted to the brand new lieutenant or airman trying to make the Michigan Air National Guard a better place for him. So I just really, that's someone that I respect. What about you, sweetheart? You know, I'm absolutely crazy about Tim and June Kenny. Couldn't say <laughs> enough good things about them. They are awesome and people. I'll, I'll talk about Tim right now. He retired just last year as the chief judge of Wayne County Circuit Court. And I was very blessed to have an internship with him in the summer of 2001. Uh, he and June really took me under their wing, very much mentors in the law very much mentors in life. He married us. He officiated our wedding in 2003. June did a scripture reading there. And what I've always loved about both of them, but again, I'll focus on Tim right now, is seeing him in the courtroom and how much he really cared about people, making sure that the laws were followed, that they were interpreted 
appropriately and justly. And just to share a very quick anecdote of a woman came before him and she was saying, you know, I I ran into some bad luck. And actually she went back to taking drugs and he said, you know what? You didn't fall into bad luck. You made bad choices. And he grabbed a couple tissues off of his bench, got those passed to his clerk, then to her, but was helping her with a plan to restore. So something that I've noticed about uh, me talking about Tim and Jim Kenny, you talking about General Taft, is we love and we respect how much they care about other people. Absolutely. I think that's huge. Um, One of the things I noticed, though, when we talk to couples in crisis Hmm. is while they still may have feelings of love towards each other, they at some point in time, one or both of them lost respect for each other. Yes. So tragic, right? It's crazy. I was actually listening to um, something that really brought this home for me. I was listening to um, the Moth Radio Hour. If you're not familiar with that, it's um, people go to these different events and they tell true stories about their lives. It's really I find it entertaining and interesting. And this guy was telling a story about his divorce. And he was talking about how happy he and his ex-wife were after the divorce. Oh, is that right? And talking about how much they still loved each other. And he shared all these stories and shared both faults from himself and his wife. And what I really took away from that is because of these issues that they didn't healthily resolve, they lost respect for each other. And at the end of the day, they didn't want to be together anymore married, and they would rather raise their child separately because they couldn't respect each other because those faults and foibles had become something they just, it wasn't worth working through. So it's like lack of respect or loss of respect just shatters a marriage. A hundred percent. And now we know there's a book out there that argues that women need love while men need respect. And we get that. We admit that men are often conditioned to see respect as a higher virtue, while women are often conditioned to see love as a higher value. However, there's not a single husband in the world that would say they would be happy in a loveless marriage as long as their wife respected them. Nor would any woman say she would be happy in a marriage where her husband disrespected her as long as he loved her. Both men and women want to be loved and respected. It's not one or the other. Maybe values and different because of social constructs and different things, but everyone wants love Everyone wants respect in a marriage. It's very much a both. And and I think speaking to this as a woman, I felt a little bit of an outsider on this because how I grew up or maybe just some of my receptions was if you're loved, you're kind of being patted on the head and dismissed as this cute thing that might be adored or, you know, might be tolerated, if you will, because, oh, I, I love you. But that respect that that wasn't going to be a guarantee. But I do think that that is something that needs to manifest in marriage, that respect, that mutuality of respect or the marriage just isn't going to work. And we've talked about this and we haven't really gotten into your story, but 
the idea of love that you grew up with, the way it was communicated, wasn't what the Bible says love is. No doubt about it. And so, so that's a big thing. And so for many of us, men and women alike, our family of origin affects how we define things. It's what, almost our default, right? Uh, exactly. And what we absolutely need to do is go back to Scripture. Now, the reality is when you read Scripture, your culture, your family of origin, your background colors how you read Scripture. That's just true. Hopefully, as you read Scripture, it becomes this. Um, there's a book that I had to read in seminary called The Hermeneutical Spiral. The idea is the more you read Scripture, it changes the way you think. It changes the tint on the glasses, to use that metaphor. The more you get rid of the worldly or negative tint and get a clearer sense of looking through clearer glasses, you get closer and closer to actually what God is teaching us. And that's true about what it means to love and respect. As when we don't res communicate respect to each other, we communicate that we don't value each other. And the result is we communicate that we don't see each other as equals. And again, in marriage, we need to have that kind of mutuality, that mutual love, that mutual respect there. And we are equals because that's what the Bible says. God has communicated to us that men and women are different, but we're equally made in the image of God and of equal value to God. How our marriages express that, there are different roles, mm -hmm. but no one in the marriage is more valuable than the other. They just fulfill different roles. In the military, there are people who have greater responsibility. Uh, let's just talk about General Teff. He has way more responsibility than I do as the logistics superintendent on his staff. The, the lieutenant running a flight at a squadron does. But that doesn't make me, that lieutenant, the brand new airman, less valuable than General Teff. And General Teff would tell you, while he sets the conditions, makes decisions, it's that person on the flight line or that person in the warehouse that is more important to getting the mission done. And while they're different roles, they're all equally valuable because none of us could fulfill the mission of the Michigan Air National Guard without each other. And in marriage, that is exaggerated because there's the two of us and we've got to work this out together and we can't live out in a marriage, in a family. We can't fulfill God's mission if we don't honor equally each other and fill the places that God has for us in our marriage. And what happens if a spouse feels disrespected? Well, the person who feels disrespected, they're eventually going to feel resentful towards their spouse. And a lot of times, and I'm getting this from sociologist Brene Brown, that being resentful, that's a form of envy because it's like, well, you're you other spouse are getting away with being disrespectful towards me. Maybe I would never do that to you, or so I tell myself, and I'm feeling resentful that you're getting perks of a marriage, positive things out of a marriage, but I'm being disrespected. And one of the things they talk about in some of the books and different things, it's not equal effort or equal work, it's equal sacrifice. Mm -hmm. For instance, in our home, Jen is a lawyer. She has greater inning um, potential than I, earning potential than I do, inning potential. We're not playing baseball. Jen has greater earning potential than I do. 
Jen spends more time in her office working than I spend in an office working because of my different roles and stuff. Jen is makes more money and contributes in that way to the family. Our family's a little different than the typical nuclear family because I spend more time helping with homework. I spend more time taking children, especially our, our youngest because our oldest has her driver's license now. I spend more time taking to activities. So I'm putting more effort on any given day into child raising. And Jen is putting more effort in a typical day in earning money for the family. But those are the different roles. And that doesn't mean she is more important to the family or I am more important to the family. It means we're equal and we're honoring each other's roles that we have in our family to be a successful family and fulfill the commander's intent, in my words, being God's intent for us and our lives. And of course, that can pivot and be different, especially when Brian deploys or he's out of town for whatever kind of military training. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I'm I'm devoted 24-7 where it's like there are days when I can't even call to say goodnight to the kids because I'm so busy. And with we've got to pivot at home and you know, we we do it. We're happy to do it. We're supporting you when yeah. we do it. So all good there. But if we have spouses who feel disrespected and who become resentful, that resentful spouse will start pulling away from that relationship. And as that spouse starts pulling away from that relationship, it creates strife in all areas of the marriage because there's going to be that ripple effect. You're kind of going into your box and you're trying to protect yourself because you're feeling resentful and it's going to really ripple out there because it's not just going to be in one aspect of the the marriage. You're going to try to confine it to that, but it's going to cause problems that that are going to show up in all areas. Yeah, communication suffers. There's less warmth in the family, less trust in the family. When you resent someone, you don't trust that they're working out. All of these important, valuable things in life, and it creates greater conflict. It create makes it harder to resolve conflict. All of these things create a marriage that is uncomfortable. And this leads to, if it's not resolved and dealt with, a couple in crisis. So the first thing that we need to understand, our spouse both needs and deserves our respect. That's just flat out. They are a human created in the image of God. Every human being is valuable simply because they're a human being, not because of what they do, not because of what they contribute to society, or in this case, your marriage, that is objectification. And objectification is dehumanizing and sin. You know, I get that we look at in business, what is the financial contribution that this worker does, but that is objectification. They are an object providing a good or service. Humans are not objects and deserve infinite respect because they are created in the image of God. And in a marriage, that is an absolute fundamental foundational requirement to having a thriving marriage. And this is also not just a person who is uh, worthy of and deserves respect as someone created in the image of God. 
your spouse is someone who has chosen to commit to you and to your marriage so that together you're able to represent God together. So it's even more of that in the law. We call it a duty of care. My spouse is even more deserving of respect than anybody else because they're my spouse. Um, And second, we need to respect our spouse um, for, you were talking a little bit about for who they are, not what they do or contributions and not, you know, weighing things out, you know, what one way or the other, we don't want to objectify our spouse. And I think that some, there are some important ways that you're able to express that respect to your spouse. And some of them is validating your spouse. I think in our cancel culture world, we have so many people where they're not showing even a base level of respect to each other That's so true. anymore, let alone to, you know, even family members. So it's important to really make sure that you're validating your spouse. Tell your spouse what you value uh, about them. And of course, it's okay to talk to the things that, uh, that they do that, that you appreciate, but be sure you're able to express what you appreciate about who they are, their character. I want to kind of elaborate on that a little bit because that can be a little vague for some people, I think. Okay, let's Um, sharpen this up. Because obviously it's okay to say, thank you for doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. Even more so, thank you for doing the dishes when normally I would be the one doing that. that. That's valuable. But what's even more validating is thank you for sharing that opinion. Mm -hmm. Thank you for caring about our family. Thank you for helping me see this in a different perspective. Thank you for highlighting this area where my character didn't shine through correctly and I failed as a parent. Or I failed when I was driving and gave that person that that single finger salute. Hey, that's not okay. Or when I'm talking about a coworker and point out, hey, are you loving your coworker? And me being able to say, thank you for pointing that out to me. Thank you for bringing that up. Those types of things. It's not just the, oh, you did something that contributed to the figurative bottom line of the family to keep the household operating, but you are a person that brings me joy. Thank you for sharing this moment with me. And I think another thing to do to express that respect is to continuously be curious about your spouse. Ask open-ended questions about what your spouse is feeling, what they're thinking, what about their hopes and dreams for their individual futures, as well as you as a couple. Because if you keep listening, you... You're never going to be a 100% expert on your spouse who knows everything about your spouse. Even if you're really a student of your spouse and you're trying to be, you need to continually be seeing where your spouse is growing and and changing and have that understanding. Just don't presume that you know. Have those conversations because that communicates that respect. I think it's common the longer you're married to just presume your spouse thinks the same way you do. Right. But but Jen in 2013 is not going to be the same as Jen in 2023. Right. And even then, you may be growing or thinking in a way that's different from how I think. You and I listen to different podcasts, right? We talk a lot on our walks about you like Ray Stedman, I like Scott McKnight and Mm -hmm. N.T. Wright. Yes, 
I still have the man crush and NT right that Jen constantly talks about. Yep. Um, but so these, so they're godly men, all three of them, but they look at things from a different perspective. And so I can't presume that just because I'm growing and thinking about our life in Christ in this way that's leaning more towards NT right, that you're going to be thinking that way as well. And we need to be curious about each other. It's like, oh, what is that? But also, you don't lose your individuality when you get married. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that sometimes couples forget that their spouse is more than just this other person that's part of them. That is true. And we're one couple in one flesh. But just like the Trinity is three persons in one God, a married couple is two persons in one marriage. And while we should be aligned in everything that's important, your dreams and aspirations for your legal career, I, I don't have those dreams and aspirations because I don't have your legal career. That's true. <laughs> and I don't have your military career. So, you know, there there are some going to be some difference and some different, again, individual future things within the marriage itself. And I think other ways to uh, express that respect to your spouse is to play to your spouse's strengths. We, we've talked a lot about that 50-50 in every situation. In marriage, I bring 50%. You know, my spouse brings 50%. It, it really doesn't make sense like that. You want to let your spouse do what they do best without you getting in the way and vice versa. You want to each bring 100% to the marriage. So that way, if somebody's sick or having a bad day or, or a bad stretch of, of time, that you, you've you still got more than 100% because you're both bringing 100%. Yeah. And also, it's like there are things that just your spouse is better at than you. Don't try to do those things. That's an issue of control, frankly, and there's no place for that in marriage. What are you good at? And do those things. And what is your spouse good at? And do those things. Andy Stanley, once he was talking about leadership in church, and so it doesn't fit completely 100%, but the idea is sound. He said, play to your strengths and hire to your weaknesses. Well, we're not hiring new people in the marriage. We're not adding to the marriage. But there is a thing of, hey, I'm going to do what only I can do. And I'm going to let you do what only you can do or what you do better than that. So your spouse, like there are things that they're better at. One person is usually better at managing the checkbook than the other. One person is usually better at paying the bills. Another person might usually be better at resolving conflict between the children. These are different things that they're valuable. Don't try to put, be the square peg in the round hole. Use those opportunities to value your spouse and let them shine in areas that they're a strength. And finally, I'd say another way to express this respect to your spouse is to take time to talk together. And we talked just a little bit ago about being a continuous student of your spouse, but make time to talk together, to check in, you know, make sure that you're having these important conversations and that you're living your life intertwined and not just in parallel and then veering off from each other. And that's this is really hard to do. I mean, our busy lives, it's hard to prioritize communicating together. But you got to do it. It's so busy. Um, so something that we do, um, just to share with those of you listening, we um, make a point to every week. Um, we go out on a lunch date. We both work mostly in home offices, so we can do that. We make a point once a week, we're going to spend time, just the two of us, 
we often will go for a walk after dinner. And sometimes one of us is going for a walk um, with one of the children. Sometimes it's the two of us. Sometimes it's the whole family. But we take those times. And then we have time after the kids go to bed where we're often watching a television show. But if there's something that one of us wants to talk about, we pause the television show. It's like, okay, let's have this conversation. Marriages crumble when mutualist respect erodes. It's vital that you respect your spouse for who they are and learn how to communicate that respect to them. Make respect a priority in your marriage, and by doing so, you will see your marriage thrive. Thanks for joining us on this Operation Thriving Marriage podcast, and be sure to like and subscribe. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog, and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.